Welcome to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the 5th Edition of Dungeons & Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. there's a rock there's now a rock and you simply say yes there's a rock there 
and then you enhance what they've given you in that world. So That's yes, a giant rock. It's a really big rock, and it's got water dripping down of it. And there's crystals all over it. So we've built together and our imaginations are enjoined, right? So yes and is a whole lot more than just saying, yep. <laughs> it's in fact embracing the imagination that your partners have, have brought to you and adding more to that world. Yeah. I, I think it's all, it looks like it also has like a, that mouth, the mouth is, you know, the one, you know, those yeah. statues. Of course it does. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah. You can see it from your angle, and I just can see, see it from this angle. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's the, the principle behind Yes and. And like I said, that's one of our absolutely foundational uh, principles in improv. And without really realizing it, it's absolutely a foundational principle in role playing games and in cosplay. When you're in costume, you want people to walk up to you and assume you are who you look like, who you have dressed as, and you have embodied that character. And the other foundational principles that we talk about a lot in improv uh, kind of stem from that. And they are things like characters, emotions, relationships, and even space work. Now in improv and space work, we're talking about pantomime because we don't use sets or props. Uh, so when we build an environment, we're asking you to imagine that I'm holding a hot mug of coffee. Uh, sorry, I should hold by the handle because it's hot. Uh, and, and now it has weight and all those. When you're doing cosplay, you get props, so you don't, you, we, we don't have to imagine. You're holding your sword. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, things like emotions. How does your character react to the world, whether your character's on a tabletop or you're dressed as your character? Those emotions, they might not be the emotions you, the person, have, but they're the emotions that character has. And how can you play that to really let people into your imagination and really understand who you are and who you want to be? The relationship idea. It doesn't just mean, I'm your brother, I'm your cousin, I'm your elf lord. It means, how do we relate to one another? What does the, what does the fact that you and I might be siblings, but that might mean we hate each other. It might mean we love each other and have each other's backs. I don't know, but it matters because now our interactions are guided by the way we relate to each other and that connection we have, right? Uh, and so those are the big improv principles. And uh, a lot of the games we play, if you've ever watched things like Whose Line Is It Anyway, or, uh, or those kinds of things, a lot of these games are really built on enhancing and, and playing with those concepts. Yes and, emotions, relationships, and characters. And those are some of the things we're going to unpack today and how you can apply them to role play and cosplay. All right. Cool. So uh, I'm going to get a little bit into the role-playing aspect, and then we'll touch on cosplay a little bit later. Um, but so, yeah, one of the biggest things in role-playing and tabletop games is you're essentially embodying your characters. Uh, and that's fun to get really deep into that. And also from a Dungeon Master perspective, you're embodying a lot of characters. Uh, and so it's important to kind of embrace the, uh, the rules of character building to make interesting three-dimensional characters and not just, you know the same archetypes over and over again. So um, what we like to get into with character creation is how to basically assign more, more attributes than just kind of the base level of what your character is and to really embody that. So how do you, um, say as a dungeon master, you know, you kind of want to create all these characters that have depth uh, and aren't just, you know, your basic shopkeeper archetype, your basic king, you know, it's, and we can play those, but they're not as interesting as having a three-dimensional character that has... Uh, interesting attributes and wants and needs and desires beyond just, you know, I want to sell you a magic staff for 10 gold. Uh, so, you know, how can you kind of create these attributes on the fly? So what we like to do is um, assign, you know, quirks to these characters, assign wants beyond just the basic interactions that you're going to have with them. So let's say, for example, um, yeah, your characters do walk into a shop now, and you want to assign the, uh, some attributes to this character. So let's say instead of just your basic shopkeeper, you have a boisterous shopkeeper. Hello, citizens! Who doesn't just want to sell, who wants to get a lot of money and so they can open an ale shop next door. 
please enter and uh, partake of all of my wares. I am looking to expand. I, it's kind of expensive. Like, I, I only sell the highest quality. I, it's a, I, I, are you sure? It's on the top shelf, can't you tell? That's fair, I guess. <laughs> uh, here's all my money. Yeah! <laughs> Fantastic. So there you go. You've suddenly, your shopkeeper isn't just, you know, somebody who's there to give take the player's gold and give them items. You've got a character that's now interesting, and who knows, something may develop on that later the next time your characters walk into that town. Um, the, the ale shop will be next door from all their money that they gave away. Uh, so cool. So let's say, yeah, you've got your, your quest giver characters, you know. We're constantly having these big, powerful characters who are out to just give them quests, and that's good to have. It advances your story. It gets the players along to where you need to go, but there's more you can do with that. Um, so let's say your characters are now going to approach the ruler of this land who's there to give them a quest. But instead of just an average, ordinary ruler, we now have a distrustful ruler who is suspicious of all their advisors. And they're going to take these characters, these players that just walked into town. They know they can trust them because they don't know them yet. Uh, and uh, have them spy on their uh, advisors to make sure they're not being misled. You, you cannot trust these guys like they're real squirrely oh look at them all of these guys yeah they i mean i've I mean, never seen just, a more motley bunch yeah. You're so, yeah. yeah how much how much is it going to be for you to just like spy on all of them we can milk this guy for all he's worth <laughs> or, or if we're reasonable he'll keep hiring us to come back and do his dirty work. So, so the question like, is, all the money now, or, or milk him over time? I'm thinking milk him over time. You're smart. Right? One bag of gold. One bag, One of, bag gold, of gold, my liege. <laughs> Got it. All right. Give me answers. You bet. Oh, we could also just lie to him. <laughs> Better. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And the circle of distrust is perpetual. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so these are the ways that your, your quest givers, your shopkeepers, all of these, and just all of your random NPCs that your players may wander into for, for help, for aid, for all these things can be these interesting, quirky, uh, three-dimensional characters that don't just want to give the player a quest or sell them stuff. They want other things. They have desires. They exist outside of in the world and um, have their own lives, essentially. So yeah, for just a third example, the last one here. Uh, let's say your characters need uh, meet a wizard who is there to help them with their quest. Uh, but this wizard is very forgetful and very clumsy and uh, can't remember where their staff of power is, where their magic books are, and the players then have to assist them in finding these things to continue their quest. I, I know I just left it. Oh my god. Up here. I just, oh, is this your staff? Touch that it might explode. Oh, be careful.
So, some fun examples of how to flesh out your characters, um, how to make them more than maybe just a quirky voice or, or you know, a, a, a fun idea you come up with is just bring those dimensions to them. And we'll actually uh, be doing an exercise a bit later that'll help you practice that a bit yourselves. Uh, but for now, I think I will turn it over to Katya and we'll get into some uh, cosplay. Hello. Uh, so I see a lot of great cosplays. Um, very nice, very nice. I <laughs> uh, love the wig. Um, but yeah, so the thing with cosplay is uh, that's a little different than what we were just talking about. I mean, obviously a lot of the same uh, things apply, but with cosplay, typically, unless you've created an original character, which if you did, that's awesome, please tell me about them, um, is that you're usually basing it off of something that you've read about or seen or like an actual character that you can get information about and then copy. Um, so, on obviously the thing uh, with cosplay is that you want to have more physical stuff. Like, you know, if someone's taking a video of you or whatever, you want to have like the go-to move um, and, and stuff like that. Or even just, you know, if the little kid waves at you, you want to be able to do the, the thing that your character always does. You know, the, obviously this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, something to keep in mind that, uh, you know, if you're just starting off like basics of just, adding a little bit more role play to your cosplay is to come up with like a couple things like physically that can be your go-to things and then also just like think of the adjective about their personality that you want to most bring out. Are they boisterous, forgetful, all the things we just did? Are they the billionaire playboy philanthropist? Like, you know, uh, you know, keep in mind something like that, play off of that and then you'll find that you can kind of any sort of interaction can build off of that thing. Um, and it makes it easier because you're not having to constantly think of like exactly what that person would say. You can just be like, oh, well, they're always really sarcastic, so obviously I should just say a sarcastic thing right now. Um, and then another thing, uh, obviously, that comes up a lot with cosplay is you know being able to set boundaries of what you're comfortable with, but also accept the boundaries of what someone else is comfortable with. Um, you know, if someone comes up to you and they want to do some kind of interaction, uh, one, you're always allowed to say no, <laughs> but also you can kind of set the boundaries of like if they're like coming up and they want to like touch you, you are able to, especially if you've got a prop, just be like, Aha, <laughs> yes, picture. <laughs> you know, it's a kind of a, just a polite way to kind of set a boundary physically. Um, if there's something where you want to kind of more verbally set a boundary, um, you could be like, ah, not too close to the Zen, my powers might go off. You know, just something that you thought of ahead of time that is just sort of your go-to if you want to create space. Um, and then also, if someone's still coming at you, you just be like, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. Cosplay's not consent, David. Yeah. Uh, you can also just be like, no thanks. Um, but another time. And uh, if someone also says that to you, that means uh, you know you can just walk away, and it's fine. It's chill. Be polite um, but firm. Yes. But yeah, that's the kind of things to be thinking about when you want to add a little bit more role play to cosplay is just like, what's a couple physical things that you really want to be doing? Um, and then just like kind of what is the key personality trait that you want to be bringing out in your cosplay? Yeah. All right. And then 
The things that they've been talking about, that's one of the other uh, character-based principles, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, characters is one of our foundational principles. Uh, what we often refer to that as point of view. The idea is your character has a point of view, and that point of view is how they interact with the world, how they see the world, and how they react when the world reacts to them. Right? So if you're building a role-playing character or a cosplay character, your point of view can let you detach yourself from your character and recognize, well, I would never say that. But when I have this wig on, you better believe you're going to hear it. <laughs> right? And it, and it gives you that, not just permission, but it gives you that power to take on that character and that ability to recognize that your character does have agency and therefore their agency to set those boundaries, agency to interact with the world in a way that maybe you wouldn't outside of that costume or outside of the game playing table. Um, but it's a beautiful thing because you recognize that that point of view can be that guiding principle uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to, again, uh, well, I suppose if you're a terrible gamer, eventually it might involve real-world apologies, but uh, <laughs> the truth of the matter is when you're playing with people you trust and you're recognizing that, that, that that's the whole point, if, if you let yourself build a character that has a point of view that you can speak through, then you know what to say, you know what to do when an unexpected role happens, when an unexpected, uh, the, when the game master throws at you, throws something at you you weren't expecting, you took a left turn, and you're determined to keep going left even though they only built things to the right. <laughs> but now you're ready to sort of roll with it the way your character would, and it doesn't have to become an argument between friends. Right? So it's a big, beautiful part of building a character, whether you're building it for in-person interactions or gameplay interactions. Just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Do you guys want to try some of this stuff? You want to try some of this stuff? Yeah, you do. Now, we're not going to force anybody to do anything they don't want to, so if you're not comfortable playing along, but we're just going to do some basic improv exercises. Do not feel uh, like you absolutely have to uh, if you don't want to, but they're super fun, and this is a supportive room. No one's going to judge you for how it works. We're not, we're not walking around giving you scorecards. So just try it out to the level of your comfort, okay? Groovy. All right, so we're going to start with a fun exercise, uh, one that I uh, kind of talked a little bit about earlier, um, and we like to call it NAN, or Name Adjective Noun. Uh, so this is basically just an instant character building exercise. Ronaldo. The uh, 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 suspicious... Squirrel scientist. <laughs> yes. Yes, the squirrel... They're definitely putting those nuts in that tree in a suspicious way. They're plotting against me. They're going to take over the lab. The squirrels are loose. Run, everyone, run! <laughs> That's all it is. And you've built your character all of a sudden. Yeah, you've got attributes. You've got depth. You've got quirks. Bam. It's that quick. And often those things will give you an... an I, no one is defined by their name, but often if someone says their name is Francois, then you go, well, that's a French guy. So there's an idea there that comes out of it with, without you having to put a lot of effort behind, like, I have to come up with this shopkeeper, and, like, he needs stuff, and I don't know what to do, that kind of thing. It's a cheat, and we love it. <laughs> <laughs> or, I can't do a French accent, so that's a guy who wants to pretend he's French. Yeah. He's bad at it. <laughs> he's bad at it. That can be part of the attribute. Never be afraid to not do a voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you, oh, yeah. you should never feel pressured into doing some kind of special voice. Believe me, the personality is enough. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. All right, so what we ought to do is break into sort of small groups 
uh, who, of, of people who want to participate. There's kind of enough room to sort of move around. Um, so if you want, and, and we're going to come out now. Uh, if, <laughs> we're coming to you. <laughs> Beware. So we'll sort of break into smaller groups and then uh, kind of cluster around one of the four of us if you want to play. Yeah. Cool. We got one more thing to do. Yeah. 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 Y
and wander around the room as that character. As I call out that attribute, that attribute is the most important thing to that character now. So how does it change the way they walk, the way they carry their body, the way they, uh, the way they pass each other, and do they make eye contact, do they not? So for instance, if Kate and Katya and David are just demonstrating, they're gonna just wander about towards each other and around each other and so on, and I might say, elbows! So now the elbows are the most important thing to these characters, and what that might mean is, look, it's three different things. And then I could say, uh, and I might say, shy. Now, it's not about elbows anymore, it's about them being shy, and they're not gonna make eye contact, they're gonna work really hard not to, but each of them has their own character and their own way of interacting as shy. Joy! So now they might be more attracted to one another, finding each other's space and saying hello and passing by in joy. So it's that simple. Uh, I might, like I said, I might call out a body part and then that body part becomes the thing you lead with or the thing that that person is, maybe it's because they got a limp, maybe it's because uh, they've got the, the, they think they have the best calves in the world. Who knows? So again, find your space and pick your character and start kind of wandering the room uh, as you wish. Those of you who would like to participate in this, just figure out who your character is. You can interact with neighbors and pass by, say hello, make eye contact. But we don't want to get caught up in too big a conversation because you still need to be able to hear my voice. So as we're wandering around as our characters, now I'm going to suddenly say, your left eyelashes. Your left eyelashes are suddenly the most important character-defining piece of this character. How does that mean you change in your interaction with the world? Does it, what does that mean? What does it change the way you interact with other people? Or I might say, uh, suspicion. You're suddenly suspicious. How does that mean you suddenly interact? Does it mean you're making more eye contact, less? Seeking out people or not? Your knees. Your knees are the most important thing. Does that mean they raise up? Does it mean they've given up? Does it mean they need to sit down because they're 51 years old? Or am I just talking about myself? <laughs> Shut up, all of you. Quit laughing at me. How about, uh, let's see, how about uh, ecstatic? Ecstatic. Your character is ecstatic. I don't know why. You may not know why. Your characters suddenly ecstatic. Let me dug it. Wow, let me dug it. Let me dug it. Let me dug it. Excellent, very nicely done. I just want to do that one very quickly. Uh, again, just recognizing we don't, because of the chairs, we don't necessarily have the kind of space to really interact with one another. But it's the same kind of thing. You can always find a, uh, a thing, if you sort of find yourself getting stuck, either in cosplay or in role play, like, I don't know how my character should react right now, kind of break your own uh, comfort zone patterns by thinking of, I don't know, what if the most important thing in this person's life was their left kidney? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going to decide what it means for this. Oh, whoa, wow. Uh, can we stop? I got to, mm, I don't know. But it gives you a new place to go, and it's going to unlock that stuck, right? It's a great way to get unstuck. It's really helpful when you're in a cosplay and you're like, what's my walk? Yeah. You can be like, you can pick a thing. You're like, this person leads with their chest, or, yeah. you know, or this yeah. person's just really, like, scared of everything so yeah just picking that one thing and then making like the whole 
you know, kind of basing from there is really helpful. <laughs> if you ever get stuck, like, what does that really mean? Think about, <laughs> this is, this. I'll, I'll give you my Gen X version of it. It's Riker and his shoulders. <laughs> right? Everything leads with, that leads with the shoulders, right? Leads with the shoulders. Okay. All right. So this last exercise, again, if you're not comfortable doing this, there's no shame. But because, uh, <laughs> again, you're always allowed to be like, no, thank you. I'm good. I no, thank I'm, you. I'm going to walk I'm away right. now. Um, but we would like to partner people up. But this one is a kind of partner exercise, and it's called... Uh, Cliché busting. Cliché buster. Uh, so basically, we're going to shout out relationships, and you're going to have just a quick interaction as that relationship, but it's not about that relationship. You're going to do, like, your brothers, but it's actually going to be about how much, um, you know, you're jealous of each other, or, uh, you know, that you are business partners and you don't think it's going well. Um, so even though that's the relationship, it's don't go into the cliches of that relationship. Pick like a totally different thing that then you know builds off of knowing each other like that, but it's not about being brothers, boyfriend, girlfriend, anything like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Want to do an example? So yeah, if we're if David and I or if Kate and I are mother and daughter, what we don't want uh, or what we're looking to uh, bust is the cliche of. I told you to clean your room. Right? Fine. Boring. Uh, instead, what if we flip the tables? I'm the mom, but I'm sorry I borrowed your car. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. I was I, hoping to get it back in one piece. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you I can't drive a stick. But I'm really impressed that Dad taught you how. I'm really impressed that you made the whole engine fall out. <laughs> well, yes. Actually, that is actually relatable. That happened to a coworker of mine. There you go. There you go. I had to pick him up. Well, that's actually mean, a good point, and mean, that's an excellent thing to do. Mind your own life. You don't have to tell people who you're actually uh, pulling from, because sometimes that'll get you into trouble. <laughs> we, we have a friend who does improv with us who likes to pull the weirdest names from his life and use those in our improv scenes and then tell us after. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But in, in the long run, if, uh, for instance, there's a character that I love to do on stage. Uh, I, I happen to be from Texas. I don't necessarily sound it unless I'm uh, really tired or near my sister, who I love to imitate if I'm going to do somebody from Texas because she's about as Texas as it gets. Grew up in a saddle. I think was born in one. She doesn't need to know I'm imitating her. She's in Texas. <laughs> shouting out some relationships. Just really quick conversations yeah. between you and your partner. Yeah. And it can be threesomes if you're here with a couple people. And yeah. And it, who needs, who's it, where are our single riders? Where are our single riders? Pair up single riders. Sure. Nice. Well done. Pairs or threes? Pairs or threes? Pairs or threes? Alright, so if we're ready... Our very first relationship is going to be student and teacher. You know, I'm seeing that. You're saying I got this wrong, but I'm
don't talk about the case. here in town. We're a theater. We have uh, family-friendly shows every Friday and Saturday at 7.30. Uh, many of those are much like you'd see on the, uh, the TV show Whose Line Is It Anyway? We also have a musical improv group where you improvise a musical. That's once a month on the first Friday. We have a comic book group. If you happen to catch them yesterday at 2.30, Comic Chaos is one of our house teams, and they improvise a live comic book on the third Saturday of every month. Uh, we also have uncensored shows uh, if you like your improv with some cursing on the second and fourth Saturday of every month at 9 o'clock, and then on the third, excuse me, second Friday, which is next week, uh, at 9 o'clock, we have an uh, improv open mic night. It's actually a variety show. We have stand-ups, improvisers, sketch groups, all kinds of fun stuff. We also, of course, teach classes. If this is something that seems interesting to you in terms of going in a little bit more in-depth and learning improv, we'll have a set of classes starting in October. On October 8th, I'll be teaching the beginning class. So come join me if you'd like a whole eight-week class on how to do improv. All of that is on that flyer. And when the, big one to, the big one to make sure we plug is September 17th. Uh, we decided to, uh, to sort of uh, coast on the beauty of Tucson Comic Con being on Labor Day weekend. And a whole bunch of us, in the, 
the Venn diagrams of nerds and improv people are almost circles. <laughs> so we're gonna do we're gonna do a nerd show. Basically, it's called Into the Unscrewdiverse. Uh, that's on September 17th at 7:30. It's a Saturday. At 6 o'clock that very same day, Comic Chaos will be performing, so you can make a really fun evening of it for only $10 with our Laughing Pass. Super fun night. Uh, we're we're going to have a gamified portion. We're going to have dice rolls that determine what the players do on stage, uh, mashup kind of stuff. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, so, so don't miss out on all of the fun things that uh, Unscrewed Theater has to offer here in Tucson. And if you thought uh, me talking about, um, you know, improv or uh, role-playing and stuff like that was interesting enough to want to hear more... Oh, yeah! Uh, I am hosting a class on October 2nd at 11... 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yes, 10 a.m. <laughs> I can remember times. All uh, that can be found at unscrewedtheater.org. Yes. Or on yeah. the flyer I handed also Or on the flyer. <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of, uh, I got free tickets. Um, if you would like one, raise your hand. To come see a show. Awesome. They're good for any date. They're not specific to a specific show. Uh, and while she's doing that, if anybody also has any sort of questions for us about improv and how you can apply it to role-playing or cosplay, or just improv in general, yeah. or role-playing cosplay in general, we'll answer any old question. If we don't know the answer, we'll make it up because we're really good improvisers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have a question? Or is it, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the, the, no, anybody? That's fine. That's I'm, I'm, I'm happy with you. You got something? Yes. We yes. teach classes for kids in the summers. Yes, that'll we'll teach classes in the usually it's in the summer. Mostly because most of us have day jobs, so it's hard for us to do it <laughs> outside of summers. Uh, but yes, we will have um, our, our classes right now are eighteen and up and uh, starting. Unless you do the Zoom one, the Zoom one is not. Well, that's true. We do have a drop-in class every Monday evening, which is no experience required, no commitment required. You can come to one or not uh, or a bunch. Uh, and we do have a Zoom version of that, and kids are absolutely welcome at that if you want to just do improv. Yeah. All, all of our shows except for 9 o'clock shows are family-friendly. Are kid-friendly, yeah. yeah. So you can bring uh, When we've done it in the past, we did, uh, well, uh, in the, the class we've done, the live classes we've done started with grade, I think I started with grade 6. Yeah. I think we, uh, but... Uh, I know the Zoom one, we've got like a little We've got, we've got So like, it's like, I don't think there's an age. Like. I also didn't kick out the 11-year-old who came to the in-person drop-in that I taught about a couple weeks ago. I so. It's great. I mean, yeah. you yeah. make the <laughs> rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, teaching a full-length class has a whole different set of liability issues that, is, okay. that, that, that takes planning. <laughs> Any other questions for us about cosplay, role-play, improv, and their mergers? Yes? Oh, I was just going to ask about improv. Like, what do you... What do you suggest when you're on in the spotlight? It's it's your turn, and you're like you know. Yes, uh, and, and yes, and yes. absolutely. What, is it, what was just said to you? Build off of that. Don't try. You don't have that way. You don't have to try and, and think of something brand new. You're just saying yes to what they said, and and yes, and uh, yes, and <laughs> a really good way to buy yourself time is to repeat what they just said to you. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest things. What the, you just said to me. Now you're on an interesting track because a left turn and you become a therapist doing that, a right turn and you become an improviser. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is one of the things you can also do is simply react. Now sometimes the easiest thing to do is to assume that the easiest reaction is to, is to what we call deny or to start an argument uh, because there's, there's an endless 
Monty Python sketch of, yes, I did, no, you didn't, yes, I did, no, you didn't. But the truth of the matter is that gets old real fast, unless you're Eric Idle and John Cleese. <laughs> and you've got BBC funding. And I'm still not. <laughs> and I'm still not, no matter how hard I try. Uh, but the truth of the matter is sometimes the best reaction you can have is, is the second one you thought of. My, my instinct is to go, no! But what if the second thing was, what if I said, yeah? Like, you know, I'm, I, uh, how dare you come in here and not pay me back my $20? Because I didn't want to. <laughs> As opposed to, I don't have $20, you have to please. You know, because we've all seen people plead for something that's been demanded of them. What if you embrace the fact that you failed? Right? I, I chose not to pay you back because I saw something shiny. <laughs> I, I've also made it a character choice at times, you know. There's been moments where I just blanked, and then I go, why would my character just blanked there? Because they're upset about this, and then, you can, then you've got something to talk about. So, yeah, just embrace the blank out and go, uh, clearly my character is blanking at this moment. Yeah. Why? And then and the, once you answer that question, you and just the things go. That are gonna make, and the things that are going to make your two characters' relationship more interesting is the more you explore everything that is not the thing that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I'll give you one other tip, uh, and this is one that one of our fellow players, her name is Anna, is an absolute master at. She's very easy to break on stage. She giggles because she finds what just happened to her funny. But she's the master at turning that into an emotional moment for whatever character she's playing. She said, someone will say something to her that she decides is funny. <laughs> I that you don't understand. <laughs> she's busy getting the laughs out while we're all seeing crying. And, she, and, and the best part is, the thing that was just said to her should be funny and should be laughed at. But now that she's crying at it, we're all in, intrigued. Why is this sad? What just happened? Right? So allow what you're truly feeling to be a spinning off point. And what would happen if, if you've ever uh, you know, done something like a cassette tape on a motorcycle, just <laughs> flies out of the cassette tape. Just what would happen if I let this unravel? So that can help you get out of those kind of, I got nothing. Great, what's the next thing you can do? Uh, all I know is right now I have nothing. What should I do? I don't know, maybe scream? Okay, let's try it, see what happens. Thank you, those are all awesome Absolutely, absolutely. Other questions? Yeah. Besides attending the class you mentioned, what's a good way to get into doing improv? Uh, the the uh, well, given where you are, role playing games and cosplay. <laughs> 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 no, uh, a great way to get into improv might be something like uh, our drop in classes is a great way to do it because that if you want in terms of getting into the study of improv, that drop in class on Monday nights is a great way to dip your toe in because like I said it's no commitment. Yeah. It is in fact free, although we gratefully accept donations. We are a nonprofit. Uh, for those classes, uh, but that's an easy way to get into it. The other piece of it is you can do things like we have, you know, you can find a lot of improv online and find some friends to try those things out that you saw. I spent a lot of my 20s, uh, because that's how old I was when it existed, uh, when it started, uh, playing Whose Line Is It Anyway games with my friends because we saw it on TV and we thought it was fun. And like, we could do that. We could hold an entire conversation where each of us has to start their sentences with the next letter of the alphabet. That's a fun one to play with your family on Thanksgiving and not tell them. <laughs> uh-huh. So you find those silly little games and just find someone to play with. And then realize, what is my, my instinct is to be like, nope, okay, I'm going to not do that. Because I don't want to say nope and I don't want to stop. So what's, 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 the, what's the break out of my mold I can do that, could, that it could in fact be unexpected and take me somewhere new? So that's a good way to get started in it as well. You the can, other, 
Go ahead. Yeah, you can also come to our shows. We have shows. You can, yeah, you yeah. don't want to participate, you can come watch us. You will realize that the guys who do Who's Line are really good at it. We're kind of good at it. Well, it all short changes. All the chaos, though. Oh, yeah. What you actually realize is that it's not as hard as it looks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what you really realize. And if Anybody can do it. The more you come to shows, the more you'll realize you're thinking of answers in your head before they say so. Any last questions? Right. Okay. Thank you so much for such a fantastic audience. And we'll be up here if you've got questions you didn't want to just shout out to the whole room. <laughs> Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CPPN to never miss a show or stream.